Good evening. Welcome to the Dr. Zeus Fun Podcast. Did you make it through 4th of July? Are your animals okay? Because that's my real concern is there's a lot of people, the fire, I'm not harping on the fireworks. They're fun, but there are people with PTSD. There are animals who just, they can't take that shit. So I wanted to acknowledge that. Last night we talked about Born on the 4th of July. That's still a movie that I haven't watched very much. It's a powerful movie. Personally, I have a connection to it because my father is a Vietnam veteran, as is my uncle. And I know many veterans. And that that war itself is still very fresh, very fresh in the public consciousness. And I wanted to talk about Oliver Stone and I want to talk about the films. That's the thing I do is, yeah, it could be called the film and music podcast, but I'm not going to rebrand it. Who has that kind of time? So when I talk about film, I talk about music, and it's all connected. You don't have a really good film without a nice score, with maybe a soundtrack. And the same with an artist. You know, aside from the music video, when you go to see someone in concert, there is a visual representation. There's maybe a screen if you're going to go see Def Leppard or Iron Maiden, or maybe Britney Spears. But there's always something connected to it. It's all interconnected. And these artists and what they do, and so that's that's where it's a package. It's a it's it's so it's not you know we used to be in the era of the music video in the '90s. Whenever I talk about the '90s with people, they think it's like a hundred years ago. Maybe to some it does seem like that, but it was a fun time. The music was eclectic. Films were eclectic, and then you had this burst of independent cinema, and. What's going to happen in a couple of weeks, I don't know if it's in, it's coming soon, Clerks, the final Clerks film, the trailer is going to be released. Clerks was a revolutionary film because it was independent, independent cinema that you could, uh, what Kevin Smith did is he bankrolled his, he had a comic book collection and that's how he funded the film and that's how he, because to make a film costs a lot of money. And without a studio to back you. So he did that with people that he knew from the neighborhood in New Jersey. He did it at the place that he worked at. And so he worked with what he had. And that is along the lines of, you know, like a Roger Corman or John Cassavetes or Mario Van Peebles. Gordon Parks. Gordon Parks, who very famously did the exploitation film, Chef. Yeah. That's my mother's generation. Happy birthday, by the way, mom, um, who talked about seeing Shaft in the 70s. And, you know, you can learn a lot about the other generations because of what was big. Think of, think of that generation, the baby boomer generation, the rock and roll, the Beatles, Led Zeppelin and black exploitation films. Because at that point in the 70s, the 70s was the me decade. And I'm not trying to be like history professor, but that's what it was. And also it was in, in within the gay community, it was seen as the libertine decade. Because everyone was having sex with each other. So you had this me decade. It was all about me. And the music reflected that. And then you had punk rock and then you had country, country rock. So yeah, it's all interconnected. I'm going to take a break. We're going to dive even further into this media. We're in the month of July. July is always an interesting month because, you know, you have some people are going back to work. Uh, You have probably year-round school and also the temperature 
global warming isn't that isn't that a shit bag right there and i was talking today we were talking about george carlin how george carlin saw all of this coming it wasn't so much that he could see the future it's just over time when you see as he said it civilization crumbling and the leaders are basically dividing you to make off with the fucking money which is what happened it's still occurring Musicians and artists alone have always said that, that when when we are divided, that's when a diversion, we are the diversion. The leaders in power are like, these fuckers don't know what happened to them. They don't even know what hit them. And so that's what's happening. And in those crazy times, the art is really good. The music, the film, and we live in a technology age where I could basically make a film on my phone. I just have to gather the right characters and then it would look like something out of, out of a John Waters film. And we talked about John Waters or I, I think, no, I haven't put that episode up yet, but yeah, this is, this is an interesting age because we've got all this art. We've got all this media, we've got politics, you mix it in, you know, people, minds are changing. Minds are changing. Influence is changing. People, the, the whole stratosphere what is the truth? What is real? What is fake? It goes back to the to the Forrest Gump film, how they put Kennedy in the new movie and John Lennon talking with Forrest Gump. And it's not that there's anything wrong with that, but many historians saw that as weird. Is that oh my god, you can manipulate the media so that it looks like Tom Hanks is sitting down with John Kennedy, who was assassinated in 1963 when Tom Hanks was a teenager. So yeah, it's it's a weird it's a weird ball game that we live in. Think about that. Think about all this tech, the green screen, how actors act with the green screen, and we'll dive more into that as soon as I can. Unpleasant dreams, or actually no, I'll be back after these messages. And so hello back on the dr zeus film podcast i know we live in a world where people think that if you start to talk about the 90s you're old not necessarily because you're only as old as you feel i am 41 years old do i feel it no because i kind of look at life as okay you know it's like that Kate Bush song. You just keep running up that hill. We are all running up that hill. We are running out that building. But if only I could make a deal with God and get him to give me, you know, a place on an island. I'd, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. Am I going to need a boat all the time? You can't drive a car across the... Well, you could if you had those amphibious cars, you know, like LBJ had one. Um... That's besides the point, though. Being in the 90s was such a it's Friday, you ain't got shit to do kind of time. And yes, you may have heard another part of this episode and I'm and I'm editing it as we go, because through the magic of podcasting, I can come in and just swap it. It's like getting a new windshield. OK, swap it. And. I was thinking a lot about independent cinema and Pulp Pulp Fiction and uh, Reservoir Dogs and Clerks, Friday. The 90s were a really cool time because 
you could make these small independent films with your friends, which is what Clerks and Friday represent. So Ice Cream Ice Cube's making this movie with his friends. You know, the the late Tiny Zeus Lester and Nia Long and um uh what was his name? Oh my goodness. Um he played Smokey. Oh god. Yeah, Chris Tucker. Um who else? Um Bernie Mac is in Friday. And then you look at Clerks and you've got Jane Silent Bob and you've got I mean I'm I'm looking forward to Clerks 3 cuz I think that is it's it's the end. It's the end. I, I well, I don't think Kevin Smith has confirmed that yet. But the 90s were a really cool time. I remember the first time I saw Clerks. I remember the first time I saw Pulp Fiction. I was probably about 14. And so you couldn't see R-rated films unless you had an adult with you. But then there was also the cable box where you, it premiered on there while it was still in th- theaters. Um, I want to welcome my new listeners. I think you're great. Brian O'Halloran as Dante Hicks. Jeff Anderson as Randall Graves. Remember that. If you remember the 90s, you remember Clerks. Okay? You remember Friday. There were a lot there were a lot of independent films. The one that really and I've talked about it at length was Boys in the Hood, directed by the late John Singleton. And John Singleton, that's an interesting story right there because he wanted to make a film about where he grew up. And these were people that he knew. And who does he cast in his first film? Ice Cube. And John Singleton originally, I think he was an assistant on the Arsenio Hall show. And that's really how he got the ball rolling. He was in film school. And it really changed everything. And that's that's really what the 90s were about. It was this kind of, you know, the punk ethos of the 70s, which was do-it-yourself, DKNY. And, um, but yeah, oh my God. If you think of the films that John Singleton, John Singleton, this is, this is an interesting fact. He wrote and directed Boys in the Hood, for which he was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Director, becoming at age 24 the first African-American and youngest person ever nominated for that award. Think about that. Think about that's sad right there, as he was the first African-American director, and there have been many. There have been many. So this inclusive world that we live in. Boys in the Hood was his debut. He was also nominated for Best Original Screenplay, followed by Poetic Justice, Higher Learning, Rosewood, Shaft, Baby Boy, Too Fast and Too Furious, Four Brothers, and his final film, Abduction. And John Singleton died in 2019. It was a great loss. If you were a film of cinema, like I was, and how pivotal Boys in the Hood was, as a, as a film, okay? Think about that. As a film. As a film. He also directed um, The People vs. O.J. Simpson, American Crime Story. Was nominated for an Emmy. Independent cinema 
really that's where it's at that's where it's at is that as a filmmaker myself i can go and say with my friends hey we're gonna make this film and you're gonna do this and it's and it's all gonna be improv because we're gonna say it as we go and then splice it together i've done that before you splice it together you i mean it's easier now through the technology i remember when i had like a video camera that was hard to do because then you have to manually go in you have to edit it unless you could because i didn't learn at that point how to digitize it and then you have to get something that you hook up to the camera and then you hook it up to the computer and then you you splice it and then you have to digitize it now these phones and tablets that we have you can make a film they even have a cinematic mode on the cameras of the newer phones and you can i have like a an an attachment which is a microphone you can hook it up and get more of a i don't have it on right now you know that's like saying i don't have socks on which i do but this this is an interesting age i i think that's where i i feel the nostalgia of the 90s and in and, and independent cinema because now i don't have to purchase this expensive phone camera i can go into my phone I can shoot. First of all, what I probably would do is I would shoot with no sound and then add the sound later through a soundtrack, which you can do on the different apps. That's that's the interesting thing is I'm looking for the people who are making this fi- the films on these phones because they're capable of it, especially if you have a phone that has a terabyte drive. Then because the gigabytes that it really takes to make a film. And this is how I know this. So when you put like a two-hour film on a Blu-ray or a DVD, the gig space, with the Blu-ray, there's more room. So that's probably about two or three gigabytes to put a whole film on one disc. That's why like the longer films, they have to split, split them up in terms of the, you know, and also you're taking into consideration the quality of the film and the bit rate of the soundtrack. I know I'm getting technical. But what's great is, is that, see, you go back to the 90s and they really, I would love to go back and just be a fly on the wall while Kevin Smith is making Clerks or a fly on the wall as F. Gary Gray is making Friday. For me, those are two pivotal films. They're two pivotal films about what you could do with your friends. Nobody really had to be a trained actor. Okay. There was, there was an authenticity to what these filmmakers were doing. And that's what I love is and if you can keep it like that, because that's the secret to the sauce of what we talk about with filmmaking, with music. It's just maintaining that authenticity. And then, yeah, you know, someone waves a, a contract in front of you and you get big money. It's also if you can use the big money just to advertise because it's all about advertisement versus putting it into a green screen and then, oh, this is the budget and this is, you know, we're going to have a really well-known actor. So then we have to budget for them. But I think if filmmakers just keep it the way it was and just hire their friends, you know, Harmony Corinne did that with kids, um, which is, oh, God, that's that's independent cinema right there. I mean, you're hearing me get excited because it's it's independent cinema. 
goes all the way back to the beginning. And I want to, I'm going to do some more research on Robert Downey Sr. Yes, he was the father of Robert Downey Jr. He himself was a revolutionary filmmaker. He was an independent filmmaker. He was known for a film called Putney Swope and a dot in a film called Pound. And who makes his debut in the film Pound but his son, Robert Downey Jr. And that's that's really what gets me going is these filmmakers. A lot of people, they knew who Robert Downey Sr. was, but that was more so in film circles, okay? And his son, Robert Downey Jr., is this icon. You think of Iron Man and the Marvel Universe. His father died last year at the age of 85. Um, he is best known for writing and directing his underground, see, oh, the underground film Putney Swope, a satire in the New York Madison Avenue advertising world. According to film scholar Wheeler Winston Dixon, Downey Sr.'s films during the 1960s were strictly take-no-prisoners affairs with minimal budgets and outrageous satire, effectively pushing forward the counterculture agenda of the day. Yeah. Right there. He made, let's see, let's look at his films. Okay, uh, as a director and writer, first one was Balls Bluff, A Touch of Greatness, Babu 73, Sweet Smell of Sex, <laughs> Chafed Elbows. I love these titles. No More Excuses, Putney Swope, uh, Naughty Nurse, Pound, You Got to Walk. It like you talk it or lose it, lose you, you lose that beat. Is there sex after death? Cold turkey, greasers, plant palace, sticks and bones, moment to moment. Up the academy, the Gong Show movie. Oh, he was a co-writer. To live and die in L.A. Okay, and that's where he was acting. Yeah, he was also in Boogie Nights. He was in Magnolia. The fact that Paul Thomas Anderson put him in Magnolia and Boogie Nights is just awesome. It's awesome. So, he's independent filmmakers. And then I got to mention Mario Van Peebles. Mario Van Peebles. If I can find him. I love that. Oh, no, the sun. That's the sun. Oops. Fuck me over. Melvin. Sorry. Melvin Van Peebles, who died last year. Legendary filmmaker. His feature film debut, The Story of a Three-Day Pass, was based on his own French language novel, Les, Pr Les Permissions, and was shot in France, as it was difficult for a black American director to get work at the time. The film won an award at the San Francisco International Film Festival, which gained him the interest of the Hollywood studios, leading to his American feature debut, Watermelon Man, in 1970. Excluding the further overtones from Hollywood, he's, his successes he had so far to bankroll his work as independent, an independent filmmaker. In 1971, he released his debut film, uh, his best-known work, creating and starring in the film Sweet, Sweet, Sweetback's Badass Song, considered one of the earliest and best regarded examples of black exploitation genre. 
He followed this up with the musical Don't Play Us Cheap. Yeah. Um, legendary filmmaker. His son, of course, is Mario Van Peebles, who himself is also a filmmaker. Uh, Melvin graduated with a BA in literature from Ohio University and 13 days later joined the Air Force, serving for three and a half years. He added Van to his name when he lived in the Netherlands in the late his late 20s. So yeah, these are independent filmmakers. And then, of course, the man who directed Shaft was a film or photographer, and that was Gordon Parks. And I'm talking about the original Shaft. Not the remake that um, the late John Singleton did. So Shaft was directed by Gordon Parks, who was this world-renowned photojournalist. Okay, that's what he was known for, and his film debut was um, Shaft. He that was that was the highest regard in terms of the black exploitation films. But he was first and foremost known for his photography. And even to the day he died, that's who what Gordon Parks was known for is this renaissance man. So here at the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, for me, the 90s, that's an inspiration because I look at Tarantino. I love Pulp Fiction. I didn't get it at first because when you're 14, you're like, okay, what the fuck is this? Yes, new, new listeners, I do like to cuss on here. What the fuck is this? It's just wild. It's wild and the the dialogue that Samuel L. Jackson delivers. First of all, that's an ensemble cast of epic proportions. You've got Bruce Willis, John Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson, Uma Thurman. Um who else is in there? Um oh geez. Some of the cast from Mad TV, Kathy Griffin is in it. Um The guy who does the Arby's commercials. Um, now I have to look at it because it's been a long time since I watched Pulp Fiction. Or that's not true. I watch, In terms of who's in it, because you forget. I think we forget. Okay. Here we go. John Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson, Uma Thurman, Harvey Keitel, who's the fixer, Tim Roth, remember? Amanda Plummer, Mar- Maria Dan Medeiros, Ving Rames, that's who does the Arby's commercials, Eric Stoltz, Rosanna Arquette, Christopher Walken, Bruce Willis. And we all know about Christopher Walken in this film. That is an ensemble cast right there, brought together by Quentin Tarantino. So that's the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, Unpleasant Dreams. We will further explore the 90s.